This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan. While you were sleeping, we started the show talking about the Giants ahead of their Week 18 matchup. And the question of will they or won't they? Should they or shouldn't they start uh, their starters? Allow myself to introduce myself. Uh, Should the Giants play their starters in this game that is essentially meaningless to them as far as the standings go in the NFC playoffs? We know the Giants are going to be locked in at that sixth seed, likely have a date with Minnesota in the wild card round, but we don't know the opponent for sure just yet. Anything could happen there, but do the Giants themselves go out there and try to go prove that they can compete or beat the Philadelphia Eagles? And, you know, I was torn on it, and I can understand both sides. I get that, you know, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley in particular, two guys who were often injured this year. They've been clean, but, you know, two guys that are often injured. Why run the risk of them getting hurt ahead of a wild card playoff game if you don't need the game? But then you think back to 2007, or even forget that, and Dable said, who cares what happens then? We're going to do what's best for our football team. Well, who's to say what's best for the football team this year would not be continuing to build on the momentum that they've had from the last couple of weeks, even with the loss in Minnesota played well, obviously one in Washington the week before that. But last week, smoke in the Colts. There's something to be said about having that momentum roll on into the postseason. Plus, one of the number one reasons, I feel like, the, the Giants fans want Minnesota in the first round is because of the way the Giants competed in Minnesota, because of the way that they were in that game and could have, if not should have, won that football game. That basically, immediately afterward, it made everybody think, hey, you know what? They could beat this team. 
And if they get them in the playoffs, they're beating this team. I've seen it on, you know, everybody on social media. People talk about, oh, they're going to beat the Vikings. Oh, they're going to beat the Vikings. Like, that's a guarantee. I'm not saying the Vikings are trustworthy or good, but come on now. I mean, at home, you know, the Giants didn't, did not win that game. Close, no cigar. Or something like that. They didn't win the game. But because of the way that they fought and played well in the game or competitive, makes you think that they could beat Minnesota, right? Well, what if they did that against Philadelphia? Because the last time they played Philadelphia, they got smoked. Which is why people like myself, who aren't doubting the Giants, I'm just a realist, I'm being realistic about it, because the way they played Dallas, the way they played Philadelphia, they don't look like they belong. The way they played Detroit, they don't look like they belong. So what if the Giants played all their starters and went out there and beat Philadelphia, then what? Then you'd be thinking, hey, Sal, they could beat anybody. And you know what I'd be saying? You know what? I guess you're right. They could beat anybody. Not sure I think they will, you know, run the table in the postseason. But, hey, they just showed me something against Philadelphia, against one of the top teams. Where right now you look at it, the Giants versus playoff teams in the NFC, potential playoff teams, Not very good. Losing to Dallas twice, losing to Seattle, smoked by Detroit. Yes, they beat Green Bay, so I guess if you give them the Green Bay win, you got to give them the Detroit loss. We don't know if either of those two are going to be in. Obviously, Seattle involved in that well is one of the final teams possibly in. Lost to Philadelphia, lost to Minnesota. And forget about what we think. But what about what they think? You don't believe that in 2007 when Tom Coughlin said, we're playing our starters, we're going to go out there and play our guys, and then they go out there and compete and almost win that game, that that gave them belief that they could do it when they met him in the Super Bowl? So you guys are worried about, what happens if they get hurt, though? I don't want them to play because I want Daniel Jones and Saquon fresh and healthy for the wild card game. Right, I get that. I do, too. But injuries happen. They could happen in practice. There's no guarantee. And instead of worrying about the negative, what if Saquon and Daniel Jones play and the Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Then how would you feel? To me, the pros outweigh the one con. The only negative is that you run the risk of injury, which you run the risk anyway. There's no way of protecting guys from being hurt. Now, there's a way of trying to limit the damage, sure. But I think the pros outweigh the cons in this particular case, where you look at the pros where you build on the momentum, you prove to yourself that you could beat this team. There's a lot there. Anyway, that's been the main thing. We talked a little bit about the Jets and their quarterback situation and the possibility of a change at head coach. That's going to be something to watch here uh, as the weeks go on when the Jets uh, eventually say goodbye after Sunday and their season comes to an end. What will Woody do? Will he want to make a change? Does this week even matter? Could Robert Sala you know, uh, lose or save his job this weekend? I'm not so sure that it should be that drastic, but if there's somebody out there that Woody Johnson wants, Harbaugh or Peyton, Hard to argue with that. Anybody other than those two names, literally anybody other than those two names, unacceptable to fire Robert Saul. That's it. If you're going to move on from a coach after two years, which is impossible to evaluate somebody after two years, 
You cannot do so for anybody other than Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh. 877-337-6666. Brett is calling from Long Island. Brett, what's on your mind today other than the Giants winning another Super Bowl? Hey, Sal, stop your nonsense. And to all the Giants haters that call in, just all you guys shut up already. I'm just sick of hearing it. What's Daniel what? Jones, you said, you said that this is, this is everybody, and I'm sick and tired of it. I want to make sure I call everybody out. They said Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. This year, eight turnovers basically leads the league. He's, they also Not one person called this show. Not one person called this show. This week, let alone and this particular show. I'm talking and, all season. I'm talking four season. Stop. I'm talking. I've been listening for you. Um, let's stop. I'm calling everybody out now. They all said, like, people have, have short memories now all of a sudden. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We, we know what you've said. We know what everybody said. So stop it. So eight turnovers. Let's talk about that. The fewest. Cause he, then they said, oh, he gets hurt because he runs. The guys played all 16 games. Only four other quarterbacks have done that. How's that? Okay, he's number four in rushing yards, Sal. Okay, he's got about five, four-quarter comebacks. I'm just sick of people. Oh, I don't know if I'd sign him. Then who are you signing? He's a top ten quarterback right now at this moment. He, by Super the way. Bowl, baby! Games. Super Bowl! He's Here we come, Brad! Super Bowl! Daniel Jones! Playing. Yeah, Look Daniel Jones the is the greatest now. quarterback ever! I love yeah, him! You're right! You're right! Daniel Jones is the greatest ever! Oh no, he's a thing of beauty! Four years! You're right! People have besmirged Daniel Jones! They have disrespected the great Danny Jones! No, they have. They have disrespected the great Danny Dimes. How dare they? Sal. Four years, he's been fantastic. Sal. Who's better than him right now? Do you look around the league? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's better than him. Fields isn't playing. I didn't say that. You're just making stuff up. He's a top 10 quarterback right now. I'm telling you, he is. Uh, Okay. I'm great. Congratulations. What do you want to tell you? I mean, well, I don't understand what. You want what... To tell me? I'm just sick of have my back for once and shut these people up, man. Well, nobody is calling and saying he's not. I'm done, Sal. Have a good day. No, Brett, nobody is calling and saying he's not a solid quarterback. As a matter of fact, I've said it on this damn show just a few minutes ago. Daniel Jones is in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. What do you want me to tell you? He's better than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. I mean, he's not. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, he's not better than those guys. Joe Burrow, he's middle of the pack. Maybe in the upper half of that middle of the pack. Goodness. Here's what I said to start the show in case you weren't listening. Regardless of what you or I think, Daniel Jones is a quarterback who is taking his team to the postseason. That's a fact. Daniel Jones also was a turnover machine. He is not any longer and hasn't been. He's improved. And he's done so under the leadership of Brian Dable. I've always liked Daniel Jones' intangibles. But the inconsistency, the poor play, the bad decisions, all of that that we've seen over the years, and there were a litany of reasons why, but all of that was 
a major turnoff to me. I was ready to move on. And you know what? The Giants, to their credit, stuck with him one more year under Brian Dable, who they felt could get the most out of him, and he has. He's solid. That's the word that I would use to describe Daniel Jones. He's solid. You, Brett, talk like he's great. He's not great. He's solid. Now, does it matter? No, because clearly you could win with solid. How much can you win? We're going to find out. If not this year, maybe next year. We'll find out. We just went over all the guys, all the teams in the league who you'd rather have than Daniel Jones. There's not a lot of them. And it speaks to me more so to the poor play at the position in the league than it does to the greatness of Daniel Jones. Like, I just don't get it. He's been solid. Why isn't that good enough? Why do you think that Daniel Jones needs to be amongst the top quarterbacks in the league when he clearly is not? It's not a knock on him. I'm being realistic. Solid quarterback. There are clear limitations to his game. And the guy's thrown for 15 touchdowns. What are his numbers for leagues this year? 15 and 5, throwing the football. I'm not talking about running, throwing the football. Michael Vick, and the only reason I don't get into numbers, but I used to be, you know, I loved Michael Vick. In his rookie season, he threw, uh, these come to mind. He threw 16, I'm pretty sure, 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That was in 2000, and not his rookie year, his first season as a starter. 2002, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 16 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. And those numbers, and I forget the rushing stuff. I'm sure it was through the roof, whatever the rushing numbers were. That was 20 years ago. Do you realize how the game has evolved in the last 20 freaking years as far as throwing the football goes? 16 and 8 back then was paltry. Daniel Jones, 15 and 5 this year. In 20 years later, where the sport is wide open as far as throwing the football goes. And I'm not, I don't get caught up in the numbers. I'm not knocking him for saying it. I'm just letting you know there's a reason why people like myself feel like there are limitations with Daniel Jones. He's been a terrific quarterback for them this year. Dable and Jones, that combination, running the football at Saquon Barkley, it's worked to a point where they have a chance to win their 10th game, assuming that they try to actually win their 10th game this weekend. They're in the playoffs. They will be playing in the wild card round. Why isn't that good enough? We don't need to have the debate every single year whether Daniel Jones is the guy or not. Finally this year, after three years, finally this year, He's been solid to a point where they are winning and are going to the postseason. And he's not going anywhere. They're going to sign him. It's just a matter of how long they're going to sign him for. But he's going to be here. And then maybe at the end of Daniel Jones' run, then we could finally put an end to this nonsense. And I could say, see, I told you so. He wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. Or... You could say, ha-ha, Sal, you don't know what you're talking about. Just like the NL East was over, Daniel Jones is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. We'll find out. Right now, just go based off of the facts. He wasn't very good for the first three years of his NFL career. 
regardless of the excuses or the circumstances around it, he wasn't very good to a point where last year was the make-or-break season, and it broke, and they gave him another make-or-break season, and he's been solid. But three years of evaluating him prior to this one, there were, to say inconsistent would be putting it mildly. He was inconsistent at best, if not just flat out awful at times. Different reasons why, sure. But those are the facts. And the facts are this year, he's taking this team to the postseason and deserves all the credit in the world. Brian from Long Island. What's up, Brian? Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, not bad. Um, uh, First, uh, I'm on, right? Yeah, well, you're on the air. Okay. What's up, Brian? All right, yeah. First off, we'd love to hear you say, I love Michael Vick again. That's great. Why? But anyway, there's going to be a moral high ground in this conversation for sure. So What's that? Um, so so what, oh, what happened oh, to him oh, oh, Hold day, on a second. Hold on a second. What What is the, your issue with me saying I love Michael Vick? I'm not, I'm not allowed to like Michael Vick as a player? You didn't say like Michael Vick as a player. You said I love Michael. I, Vick. I loved Michael Vick as a player. Yeah, I love Michael Vick as a player. I, I'm a, grew up a Falcons fan. But obviously, it's it's in the like Deshaun Watson territory of no, it's no, it's not. It's totally different. And by the way, Michael Vick went to prison, and 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 for the record, I hated what Michael Vick did. Like, that should go without saying. You should have enough common sense to understand that when I said I love Michael Vick, it was as a player. I was referencing the 2002 season. As a Falcons fan, I love Michael Vick as a player. Okay. No, same. Everyone does. Yeah. He's the most fun player to watch probably of my generation. Right. Right, but again, you're listening to a Falcons fan who watched every second of him, who flew down to games to watch him, who changed the course of that franchise, and then, of course, had all of that taken away because of the the crap that he got himself into, Was went from franchise quarterback of a pathetic franchise, the one guy that put them on the map, he went to prison. Imagine that. Yeah, one of the few rich people who do. Well, he did, but he did. Anyway, so go ahead. What's your point? What's your okay. other point? Anyway, um, with, with the Hamlin stuff, mm-hmm. obviously it, it's the saddest thing that's ever happened on primetime TV. What happens when the second one happens? So if so, say Pat Mahomes gets hit on Saturday and has a heart attack, what happens? Does the NFL stop then and there? Well, they're not going to they're not going to continue the game. I mean, I'm not sure I understand the hypothetical. What do you think is going to happen if something like this happens again? It hasn't happened, you know, in a very long time. I mean, we we you know, luckily right now Hamlin is is getting better. He's still obviously in intensive care, but he's getting better. And you know, we, we referenced the 1971 incident where a player died on the football field. You know, this was extreme. This does not happen. At all, very often. Could it happen again this weekend? Absolutely. What do you think would happen if it does happen again? What do you think? You have, some... you, have you spoken about the second heart attack he had in the hospital? He What's had the second one? 
Uh, no, I'm going based off of what they've said. The latest reports are saying that he's gotten a little bit better or that the but, sign, he seems to be progressing. So, so his uncle gave an interview and said he had a second heart attack at the hospital. By the way, you keep calling a heart attack. Like, yeah. It said he had cardiac arrest. And since then, I think his uncle came. They, they've rectified that and said that it was only one. But again, the, the point is he's getting better. Anyway, what are you getting off topic for? Okay. What do you think would happen so, if it happens again? So no, so 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 say Patrick Mahomes gets hit yeah, right. on Saturday, and it happens again. Mm-hmm. Does the NFL stop? There's no more season anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to stop the game for sure and see what happens with the player. I mean, I don't think you could just throw out hypotheticals. Do you think, do you think any any player would be willing to get on the field again? Yes, I do. I do. You think if they have two heart attacks in one week, it's not a heart field. attack. Stop saying that. Cardiac arrest. What do you think that is? It's not a heart attack. And thank you for the call, Brian. It's not. Cardiac arrest. It's different. And anyway, you don't need to go into hypotheticals that A, likely will never happen, and B, beyond the initial hypothetical thought. Okay, let's say that this... Very, very, very unlikely hypothetical uh, situation happens. Then what would happen from there? And on top of that, what, like, would would the league just stop? What, what do you think the NFL is going to fold? I doubt it. I don't think that if God forbid we see another incident like this this weekend or the following weekend that the league is just going to stop and not play anymore. Now. There may be a cancellation of games. There may be an abrupt end to the season, depending on the severity of it. But what do you think? The NFL is just not going to restart in the following season? You think everybody's going to say, oh, you know what? Screw this. I quit. Uh, No, I don't think that that's going to happen. It's unfortunate that this happened to the severity. We hope that Hamlin can be okay here. As I said, the reports have been, I don't know, I'm not in those rooms. Like many other people, I'm going based off of the reports that we hear. It sounds like there's been incremental improvement at the very least over the last couple of days, which is a good sign. But this situation needs to play itself out first, too. I mean, we need to see Hamlin get better. And as of now, it sounds like all the games are going to be played as scheduled. If something else like this happens again, I mean, it's and it. What if it happened twice? Four times? Five? I mean, it's a it's a a hypothetical that's impossible to answer. But no, I don't think ultimately that the league would shut down and that players would not want to play anymore. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Just to clarify, because I, I do think that there is a, you know, a misunderstanding where people don't really know the difference. They hear cardiac arrest and they think heart attack. That is not necessarily true, as our last caller was talking about heart attack. What happens if he has another heart attack? Well, he didn't. Uh, DeMar Hamlin did not have a heart attack. It was a cardiac arrest. The difference is a heart attack is when the blood flow to the heart is blocked. Sudden cardiac arrest is when the heart malfunctions and suddenly stops beating. This is not a blockage situation. This is the way my wife was explaining it to me the other day, and she, you know, works in this stuff, so she knows. I have no idea, but she was explaining it to me. Was that the uh, cardiac arrest is like uh, the electrical problem in a house? The heart attack is like a plumbing problem throughout the house. It block if the you know the the heart is blocked, a la plumbing. That's a heart attack. Electrical stuff, that's the cardiac arrest. And, you know, when the heart malfunctions, it suddenly stops beating, and that is what happened with Tamar Hamlin. So there is a difference between cardiac arrest and heart attack. Anyway, 877-337-6666. Mitchell is calling from Fort Lee. What's up, Mitchell? Good morning, Sal. How are you? Boy, that last call made no sense whatsoever. I mean, it was just uh, it was just, it was ridiculous even. But the only thing is, you know what, Sal? And I'll get to my point. Well, I, I get what he was. I get what he was trying to say, Mitchell. I just think it's a ridiculous hypothetical. Like it's, it's a hypothetical on top of hypotheticals to the to the highest of degrees. Where what do you want me to say? Do I think the league is going to shut down? Like no, I don't. I I don't know though. Who the hell knows? It's unprecedented. I, I, I agree with you, but the only other person that I could actually remember in football that actually they could have done was with, with Bird when he got paralyzed. That was, that was the only other person I brought to my mind when you, I was driving home just now that I thought about. But, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. I hope the kid will be okay. And they say he's doing better. The oxygen level is better. They said it was down, he was down to like 40%. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing better. So he's, well, he's got to get to, he's got to get to a point where he's breathing on his own. I mean, right, look, there are, there are, right, there are many levels to him getting better here. Like, we're not out of the woods as far as this goes yet. This is still a severe situation. I, I feel like people have, you know, days have gone on here. Maybe we're feeling a little bit better and you get, you know, incremental positive news. And yes, that's better than the alternative, but I still think there's a long way to go to get DeMar Hamlin back to, you know, health here. Who knows about full health? I got you there. Sal, two things. Number one, you know, I do fantasy. I know you don't do fantasy football. No, I do, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay, I got you. Okay, but but you know what the point that really bothered me was? I was watching all the sites where people were complaining, well, during the championship. You know what they should have done when we did this in our league was that we I was playing for the championship. He said, instead of trying to figure out what, who wins or whatever, so let's just donate the money. So we donated the money to his uh, his charity, and at least then, and then I, you know, it's not the money. It just feels good about it. So no one can bitch him on. But these people that are bitching and moaning about money about about because they didn't get their players to play on Monday night, the Bills or the Bengals, just donate the money, guys. It, it's not a big deal. It's it's money. You you make it back another way. It's, it's supposed to be fun fantasy, and you make some money. But donate the money to charity. At least do it to his charity. Make you feel good about something. So it's 
So that's what we did. So I, I'm yeah, so happy about uh, that. And I commend you for that. And, and I do think, and thank you for the call, Mitchell. appreciate you checking in. I don't think that fantasy, and I understand where individual fantasy players are coming from, where that is important to them, and you wait all year, and you invest money in it, and you want to win money, and it's a championship game. Hey, this this is life, and there are more important things, way more important things, than your crappy fantasy team. Nobody gives a crap about that. So I do think, Mitchell, you come up with a good solution there. I'm not saying everybody's got to do that. Some people want to win the money. In a league I was in, uh, the finals, I got smoked. So the Monday night game really didn't have an impact on it. So the decision was made uh, relatively easily. And, you know, whatever, each person gets paid out. But in the spots where teams are deciding to, or or players are deciding to split their pot, yeah, maybe it's not a bad idea to donate half of it at least or whatever. Like, there, there are ways to do it and realize that, hey, all right, it sucks, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Like, imagine DeMar Hamlin and his family right now, and you're worried about your fantasy team. You could play fantasy football again. DeMar Hamlin may never play football again. Like, come on. It's insensitive. It's selfish. It's, uh, I don't know, it's distasteful. I, I don't think that there's, again, I understand why people care about it. I'm not saying you can't care about your fantasy team, but at that particular moment, does it really matter? The answer is no, it doesn't. And it doesn't sound like they're going to make up that game, but who knows? It's an act of God or whatever they, they're calling it. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Eric is calling from Ron Kong. What's up, Eric? Yeah, hey, Sal. Good morning. You know, and, and you're right about that because from what I was reading yesterday, and there's no way to really tell, but they, they were saying that the, the odds of this were very, very slim on this event happening to somebody. You know, I mean, it, it was it was just one of those really freak, you know, instances that you hope never happens again, or at least for an extremely long time. You know, and and really the main thing is, uh, you know, like you said, you hope that he gets better. I mean, I mean, look, you know, it's it's not really a great parallel, but look, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, you'll know what I'm referencing. Somebody died in the wrestling ring 30 years ago, almost. You know, they actually continued the event to televise it. Which was you know, disturbing which in itself. I mean, I, you know, that's right. a whole other thing. But, you know, right. I, I guess the point is... Well, well, right. I guess the point is, unfortunately, you know, life goes on. I mean, after a right. car accident that takes somebody's life, do people not drive anymore? I mean, do, do, are there no right. more helicopters after what happened with Kobe Bryant? Like... The, the world had a pandemic that it, a lot of people got sick and died from. And what were like, did the world just stop and nobody go out of their house forever? Like, I, the, life goes on, unfortunately. So, if hypothetically, you know, somebody was to get injured, a severe injury over the course of the weekend, do I think football is never going to be played again at any level? No, I don't. Like, I think football will be ultimately football is going to go on. Right, right. And, and, and you know what? I, I would say probably 98% of them. And I'm I'm just throwing a number out. Would want it to go on. So, I mean, it's just uh, well. Now, if you didn't have any players, if players didn't want to play football, then there wouldn't be any sport. But you would think that there are always going to be people who want to play the game of football, whether it's for the love of the game or because of they want to get rich from it. I mean, you know, obviously, if you could do it at the highest levels, but you would think that now. Look, maybe fifty years down the road. Things change significantly, maybe 25 years. I mean, we're headed toward 
clearly they're trying to make the sport safer, right? Which I think they have to a certain extent, but it's still a dangerous, violent sport with guys who are getting stronger by the the day. So I, I don't maybe it does get to a point where they have to do something about it to make it even more safe. But that day is, I don't think, any time near. Like, the end of football, it's not in our lifetimes. Yeah, We're not no, going to see it. Yeah, no, the, the, before I get to the mess point, I mean, the fact of the matter is there's, there's a lot of variables involved, and there's, and there's always going to be that one weird wild card event that, that just you can't account for, and, 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 you know, you just hope that it doesn't, you know, cost someone their life. Right. Uh, look, I... Um, you know, obviously, I'd like to see you know the uh, you know Craig assigned you know whatever the terms end up being and everything. But uh, I and I, you know, admittedly, I didn't watch the whole show yesterday, although it is on the DVR, so I'll watch it later. Um, but uh, the, the mention of Escobar possibly being traded, though, I mean that that kind of bothered me a little bit because you know the, wouldn't, wouldn't he be a better fit possibly as a DH than? Uh, yeah, you know, Vogelback. Yes, he would. It, it yeah. bothered me too. Ken Rosenthal, the athletic, in the report with Carlos Correa saying it was going to be dramatically different from the original parameters of their agreement. And he also mentioned that the Mets' next step after that would be look to trade Eduardo Escobar, which I, I just don't like that idea. I, I'm not saying yeah, that. Neither do I. Yeah, well, because you could be the DH. And look, things happen whether you want to get Lindor rest or whether you want to get Correa rest. Or just you know work Escobar in that infield somehow. Plus what Escobar brought to that clubhouse last year, and he turned it around in September with the offense. I like yeah. him as a DH to start the year. So oh, look, I'm not right, saying you got to right. be loaded everywhere. And if they don't have a spot, maybe they look at Alvarez as the DH, and then I'll, and then they don't have a spot for Escobar, and maybe they get something back for him or just clear some ca- salary. But I mean, if you're going to spend 300 plus million on Correa or whatever it turns out to be, why not just keep Escobar for what he's making? What's the big deal? Right, and, and, and like you said, you know, because I was going to bring that up as well, you know, the, the fact that he, you know, turned it around, you know, the, from like mid-August through through the rest of the year, you know, maybe, maybe he finally got to that point where, you know, he'll be, you know, steady, productive, you know, for the team. So that that just, you know, I, I, I'd much rather keep him, you know, than, than, you know, the potential options they have now. Now, again, we don't know how it's going to play out, so... I guess we'll have to see, but it, that, that's not something I'd be in favor of. Yeah, and I do think anyway, that, that, a, you too, Eric. Thank you for the call. Appreciate checking in, as always. Uh, look, Correa, it seems inevitable that it's going to happen. And if Escobar gets traded, not the end of the world, it just doesn't make much sense to me. I don't, here's what I don't want I don't want Daniel Vogel back to be the DH. That doesn't make any sense. You're spending 300 million bucks to bring in Carlos Correa, and you're going to roll out a lineup with Daniel Vogel back in it? A guy off the scrap heap from the Pirates and and Brewers? That's going to be your DH? Come on. What lineup is better? Escobar at DH or Vogelback at DH? Now, again, Alvarez is a different story. If you want to work him in and have his bat at the DH, I understand that. What is What does Escobar make? $20 million a year? What's that going to do? Is that going to make that much of a difference? What are you trading him for exactly? I don't know. I like the idea of keeping him on the team as insurance and as a DH. I'm not saying he's going to be a bench player, but I don't see the value. What what return are you getting? What's he make, Fleegs, a year, Escobar? Nine million five hundred thousand counts for ten against the luxury tax. That's all he's making is nine million. Also, oh, his total deal was what two years, twenty million. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And that's where next the- year he has the nine million dollar option with a five hundred thousand dollar buyout. 
So he signed a two-year, $20 million deal with a third-year option for, what is it you said, $9 million? $9 million. That, and it, it, the guarantee a, comes in, he got ten last year, he'll get 9.5 this year, and the $500,000 buyout makes it to 20 guaranteed. So that's all it is? They could buy him out for 500000 At the end of the year, yeah. So you're talking about $9 million bucks. It's nothing. What are we talking about? Saving $9 million? That's a drop in the bucket. For what? You're one injury and them calling up some nobody from AAA to play away from saying, why is Eduardo Escobar, why was he traded? Yeah, what are they doing for $9 million? Just keep him there. Even if you want to have Beatty be the backup third baseman, I'm fine with that. But Escobar should be on the team, on the bench. You Hard to find a better bench player than that switch hitter that's had his success in Major League Baseball, that's had his career with some pop, with the versatility to play around the infield. And, oh, by the way, you need a DH. What were you doing? What are you doing for $9 million bucks? Come on now. It's ridiculous. I don't know why I was thinking. Well, I know why I was thinking 20, but I guess when you think of it logically, that's a significant amount for Escobar at this point, $20 million a year player. But for $9 million bucks or $10 million, you know, 9, 9.8, what are you doing? That's going to help save things? Come on now. That's a that's a silly move. You've come this far, and now you're going to pair off Escobar to save nine million bucks. That makes no sense. Your official station to talk Yankees, the Fan, one hundred one nine FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. On the fan goal 5 a.m. about 10 minutes from now, the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. 877-337-6666. We'll finish up with your calls. Big football Friday starting tonight, midnight. Uh, we'll have uh, Taylor Mathis, the return of Taylor Mathis, the hottest picks in the game. Look forward to that at 3 a.m. We'll do the perfect parlay. Got to re uh, go over the perfect parlay. Matter of fact, Fleas, did you know you did not hit yours? Uh, let's see what we got here. I did no, not I hit mine. one game, so I definitely didn't hit mine. I did not hit mine. And actually, my third game ended up, or fourth game ended up never happening. Right. I had the Bills as well in my second game, but I lost the first one anyway. When the hell are we here? What did Jerry do? Did Jerry win his? Uh, Where's my sheet here? I got to find out. Anyway, we'll go over. And I didn't even get Marco's picks from the perfect parlay last week because we were doing the morning show. So we had, uh, you know, Jerry, Fleegs do it, and Zoo. And I think they uh, both, oh, here we go. We have it right here. Uh, So I lost, and I even lost the money line because I had the Jets. Fleegs, you had the Giants money line, so you get a plus three. Uh, lost the parlay, though. Zoo had uh, the Giants minus six, winner. Chargers minus six and a half, winner. He had, oh, the Eagles minus six and a half, so that's a loser. He also had the Bills, and he had the Giants, so Zoo got on the board with three. Jerry had Detroit minus six. That's a win, right? Then he, he had Detroit smoked Chicago. Uh, Cleveland plus two, and that was the game that he wanted the money line. Right, but we talked about how we right. tried to think of how we were going to do bonus points for that. Didn't work, but he won that. Oh, and then he had San Fran minus nine and a half. So and they did not. They won the game, but did not cover. That would have been the one to go money line. Did he? You no, know, he didn't say San Fran money line, right? He wanted Cleveland money line? It was Cleveland because right. he was picking an upset. Right, an underdog. Anyway, so Jerry got the plus three with the Giants. So, yeah, I've been at, uh, and Marco, 
What are we going to do to make up for Marco not having an opportunity? Does he get two parlay picks this weekend? Like, it's not fair to him that he didn't get a shot at it. I don't know why I didn't. I mean, it was well, just. Give him three points because he would have had the Giants. 100% he would have had the Giants. Give him three points and at least, all right, that's fair enough. Uh, he probably wouldn't hit the parlay. Although Marco's been he's on a little bit of a heater. Um, yeah, we just uh, we missed. All right, anyway, we'll do that a little bit later on as well. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? Child, what is up, man? How are you, Hector? I'm doing good, doing good. I mean, I initially called to just talk Jones and a little bit of Giants and what I think going forward should happen or what I would like to happen. Who cares what I think? Um, but you know, I'm listening to the guy calling about Hamlin and. And I think Eric nailed it. I mean, this was like a freak, freak thing. You know, I, you know, I also read probably what Eric read, where you know, um, and I forget the, the details, but it just happened at the right time. You know, the the, the gentleman breathing pattern or whatever it was that that you know combined with the hit mm-hmm. uh, made what happened happen. Um, and I, I think the most important thing going forward is just to hope and pray that this kid makes it through, man. Um, and I find encouragement in the fact that he's still there fighting um, at the hospital, and there has been slight improvement, but there's been improvement. Um, right, it's better than the alternative. Any kind of improvement is a good thing, and I know that's what we're all hoping for, and you want to hear some kind of positive news, and it seems like we've gotten that the last couple of days. What does it mean? I have no idea. I mean, but you're right. Ultimately, we need to see him get through this, and... You could thankfully exhale and and know that he's okay with his family and move on. But it, it's a freak accident. It happens. It's a violent sport. I mean, could it happen again? Sure. When will it happen again? Who knows? I, I just I, I don't know. But you can't deal with hypoth- uh, hypotheticals to that level. Let's just deal with the reality. The reality is it's an, a sickening situation. And you hope that Hamill could come out of it okay. No, no, for sure. You know, I think people just overreact sometimes. And- you know, act like, like, listen, nobody wants this to happen. The NFL doesn't want it to happen. The officers, the players, nobody wants this stuff to happen. And I'll be honest now, you know, when I saw that, it affected me really bad. Like, all of Tuesday, I really didn't care much for sports because, you know, I've had that, not that happen, but I've had a teammate actually catch a heart attack on the field and not make it to playing, you know, flag football um, in, in my adult life. Um, and, was it you know, from so a kind of, was it from a hit or just out of shape? Or no, what? no, man. He just no. He just and the the, the worst thing is we just met the guy. <laughs> you know, like he had moved. He I forget exactly from where he was looking for something to do. Um, found out flag football league and team and asked if he could join. Comes out first game, runs a slant pattern in the middle, catches the ball, three steps, boom, done. Wow, like that. non-contact. Nothing. And he Nothing just went shot. down. Had a they, did they say he had a heart attack? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so like you know, when I saw that happen, and I saw that kid laying there, like, did you guys continue him. the game or no? Jeez, uh, I can't remember. I don't think that we did. Yeah, you're saying but the right thing on the I, air, but you probably did. I honestly don't remember. And I'm listen, man. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think that we did. I honestly think that we yeah. did. I bet so, too. You, you know, you get the ambulance come out. Man, that sucked. That was crazy. All right, what's, what's going on? First down, what do we got here? Come on, stop. Come on, stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that 
Well, you don't sorry. know at that point. It's sad, obviously, the, the result after. And look, this is a different story than what was going on you know, with, with the Hamlin story. It's a little bit different than what happened at your uh, flag football. But nonetheless, it's sad to, to see that and, and have that happen right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, but it's not about me. My point is, well, but no, but the point is, you were shook by it, as were many. You know, I've never, I wasn't playing flag football and saw somebody die in front of me the way that you did, but I was shaken by this and upset by it, and to the point where even a day later, when I came on to do the show, I talked about it last night, my first show back. Like I, to me, it was the forefront of my mind. Like I didn't feel right talking about other sports in the way that I normally would. It just didn't feel right. Because you're thinking about Hamlin and making sure he's okay. We're hoping he's okay. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, and it's just like feeling all that that I felt. I still, you know, I'm not like, oh, NFL should just be canceled and never play another game again, you know? Like, no. No, because I also understand that they have and will continue to try to do things to make sure that these guys stay healthy and stuff like this doesn't happen as best as they can, you know? Now, people are always going to argue whether they're doing enough, whether they're doing it. Like, you know, that's, that's always going to happen. Um, but I, I think they have and they continue to do things to try to, you know, make sure these guys are safe. Yeah, well, they, and thank you for the call, Hector. Good to hear from you this morning. I mean, it, it's this is nobody's fault. It's life. It's the sport. Unfortunately, it happens. As rare as it may be, as infrequent as it may be, there's always the possibility that something like this can happen. You just got to hope that he's okay. Chris is calling from Rockaway Beach. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Chris? First, first and foremost, Happy New Year. Hope every you and your family healthy. You too, Chris. Thank um, you. And uh, you, your wife's uh, your wife's uh, description or uh, you know breakdown of uh, what a heart attack and a cardiac arrest is perfect. You know. Yeah, well, she um, she works in clinical or did be a prior to having the baby worked as a clinical researcher for heart valves and things like that. So she's worked with you know top heart doctors at Columbia and all that stuff. And when I was saying, oh, right. he had a heart attack, she goes, please don't say that because you sound like an idiot. I was like, what do you mean? What? And then she broke it down for me. <laughs> and then here you go. So she made me look smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? No one's really talking about this. But the uh, you know what? When it's all said and done, you know, you know they're going to go over this guy with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. You know, he might he might have had an underlying issue with his heart. Well, that's again, that's you what know? my wife thinks. Now, again, nobody knows, but she was saying it doesn't it doesn't make sense. We don't know. We don't know what caused this exactly, but I do think you're right. Eventually, we'll find that out. Right, and you know, and I think I think if that's the case, you know, when that if that comes out, you know, and uh, you know, it's made public. I think the NFL, what they're going to do is to kind of protect themselves from, you know, any more of this, you know, any more of this happening. They're going to mandate that every player has like an echocardiogram or. Uh, but don't they do that know. already? I don't know the extent of it, Chris. I have to imagine yeah. that they're getting all these physicals and stuff like that done. I I would imagine they are, but I mean, uh, you know, like I said, if, if this was an underlying thing. Yeah, cardiomyopathy, you know, right? Like, if something like that, I don't know if you could, uh, like, I don't know if you would know if you had that. I, I know about it, but I don't know the extent. And thank you for the call, Chris, of how you would be able to test for that uh, ahead of time. Do they test for that ahead of time? But you're right. I mean, if there is a way to do it, let's just say that there is found to be a an underlying condition that, you know, potentially caused this. And there's something that the NFL could do to 
test athletes to prevent or find out if they have this to prevent this from happening again, of course they're going to do it. But, you know, we're a ways away from finding out exactly what caused this. Maybe there was an underlying issue. Don't know. But either way, it's at least good that we've gotten some positive signs, as incremental as they may be. Any positive news is good to hear about DeMar Hamlin and just continue to hope that everything goes okay with him. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, for all his help. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. I appreciate each and every one of you back again tonight at midnight for a football Friday as we look forward to week 18. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 1019 FM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.